This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. They couldn't believe I didn't watch The Office. I've never seen The Office. Don't know about The Office. <laughs> Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Sings it for the end zone. Caught by Kelsey on a slant. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Jay Tittleman, a three for the tie. Off the backboard, it's gone. Jay Tittleman makes it in. Off the buzzer, and we've got overtime. Everything happening in the sports world. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator to complement his fastball, the Terminator. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I fear the Reaper today. Yeah, because I, I feel too. I just feel like death warmed over today. <laughs> I really do. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always... The most popular man in McPherson. And what a difference a week can make for Steve Sell. Going from the greatest bracket of all time, 15 out of the 16 teams that he picked to reach the Sweet 16. And now he's down to a big, whopping zero. Hi, Steve. I bet there's a lot of people that are down to like one or zero, to be honest with you. I thought you were going to be the champion. Well, it was looking good, and then... uh... Boy, did uh, the number ones just fall apart. They weren't very good for you. No. Did you enjoy this weekend of college basketball? I thought, I thought the Elite Eight games were four of the best games there's been a long time. I mean, every one of them. The Texas Tech game, maybe not as much, but the other three were really Well, it was re- a one-possession game with like five seconds left. Texas Tech? Yeah, and then Gonzaga had the technical foul, and so they yeah. ended up making some more free throws. Well, yeah. But it was right there. Yeah, it, it was down to the last minute. But the other ones were just unbelievable. The The Virginia-Purdue game, boy, did that game raise a lot of questions because it brought up the old adage, do you foul? You know, you're up three. The other team has the ball going for probably a game-winning three, and you do you foul? Purdue fouled. I was sitting with Coach Kinneman. Coach Kinneman goes, big mistake. They're going to either tie or win. And sure enough, uh, Virginia tied it. And once they tied it in regulation, you knew that they were going to win. It. You knew Virginia would win in overtime. Steve, do you remember what we said several times last week, getting ready for the Sweet 16 and for the Elite Eight this weekend? Do you remember what we said? No, I don't remember anything from yesterday. Well, our initial thought was that we were going to get some really, really good matchups in the Sweet 16. And... On the Thursday night of the Sweet 16, there were a couple of decent games. The Purdue-Tennessee game was really good. Texas Tech-Michigan was a dud. Virginia and Oregon, even though it was a four-point game, that wasn't a very fun game. It was, yeah, they Gonzaga swung. and Florida State, not a ton of fun. But Friday night, my goodness, Duke and Virginia Tech, maybe one of the more exciting games we've watched in a long time. Saturday, both games of the Elite Eight really good. Sunday, Auburn with an unbelievable win over Kentucky. Duke and Zion, and Barrett, and Delorier, and all of those guys don't even make it to the Final Four. Michigan State with a great win. We had, so Duke-Michigan State was a great game. Auburn-Kentucky. Then going back to Saturday, Virginia-Purdue, Gonzaga-Texas Tech. 
going into Friday night, Houston-Kentucky, then of course the Duke-Virginia Tech game. There were like six or seven games in a row right. that were really, really and good. I, and I think the big the big story, the over the overview story of the whole tournament was Duke getting beat because so many people picked Duke to win it all. And it's, it's like the old saying goes, when something looks like it's too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And Duke looked like once Zion came back, you saw him in the ACC tournament, and you're thinking, boy, when, when Zion's playing like that, you know, Duke can't be beat. Well, Zion kept playing like that. The problem was Cam Reddish, I think his name is. Yeah. Reddish disappeared. Well, Tyus, he was hurt for the Sweet Yeah, for the one game, game he didn't even play, but he wasn't very good. Tyus Jones simply can't throw it in the ocean. He had the one game, maybe it was the uh, Sweet 16 game. I think he made like six threes. Yeah. And that's about as many as he made the whole month of February. And then uh, Barrett, you know, R.J. Barrett, Scores a lot of points, but when you look at the box score, he takes a lot of shots to get a lot of points. And, of course, Zion was just, wow. I he mean, had four or five plays this weekend just, that, that made your head spin around. They, they were so explode. unbelievable. The play in the game on Friday night, you, me, and Coach Kinneman had it on, and one of the Virginia Tech guards comes down and crosses him up at the free throw line, and he's going in for a wide-open layup. Yeah. And Zion, in one leap and a jump, Pounds it off the backboard. They go well, down his, to the other end and score. I mean, for one thing, he's a physical freak. I mean, he's 6'7", 280. But the way that he can get off the ground and the how quick he is, I said, what and kind of... And how explosive he is. What kind of football player would he be? I mean, where would you even play him? Would you play him Tight at... Tight end? No, I think you play him at D end. Can you imagine someone trying to block him? Yeah, but imagine him going up for a pass over the middle. Who's well, going to go up against him? How about fullback? He could be the bus. He'd be a pretty good fullback. I think he'd be like the bus. I want to talk a little bit later on, Steve, about this Duke team. And I want to talk a little bit about Kentucky, too. And in particular, the one and done. Right. I, I want to talk about that here just a little bit. I also want to talk a little bit about what's coming up for the rest of this week. Another very, very busy week. But first, let's talk about the Final Four. Because I think this is a very weird year for college basketball because we didn't have that great balance in the top 25. No. At least that was my thought during the year, that the top six, we, eight. Okay, we said at the start, there's a, we go, there's six or seven teams, basically, that could win it. And a lot of those teams aren't there. Right. I mean, Texas Tech wasn't in the uh, mention. Now, Virginia was. Michigan State and, and probably Michigan was. Michigan State pr- probably. And, you know, when when is Michigan State going to finally be recognized as a blue blood? You know, the blue bloods are basically thought of as KU, Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, Indiana, UCLA. Indiana and UCLA haven't been good for a long time. UCLA so. doesn't have a coach. Yeah. Indiana so that, was in the so NIT in, and lost to Wichita State. Indiana and UCLA, they have kind of lost their blue blood status. But I think you got to put Michigan. Michigan State's got to be. How many times? Well, Izzo's been to the Final Four eight times. Yeah, this is eight times for Tom Izzo. And he's an interesting dude because he wears his emotions on his sleeve. He screams at his players. His players scream at him. It looks like Animal House on the sidelines sometimes. I mean, it's just they go nuts on the sidelines at each other. But, boy, I'll tell you what, when it gets down to crunch time, it's one thing. Michigan State either goes out real early or they make the Final Four. It doesn't seem like they – go out in the Sweet 16 or Elite 8, they're, they're just in the Final Four or they kill everybody's bracket by going out in the first or second round. Well, when they lost to Middle Tennessee State a couple of years ago right. with Valentine, and they were a two, and Middle Tennessee State was a 15 seed. 
But as I look at these two matchups, I think that the bracket fell the right way I do too. to get the two best matchups. Right. Because you wouldn't want to see Texas Tech and Virginia in the first game because they're just so similar. But I think this Virginia-Auburn contrast in style, Virginia, all defense, perfect execution. You're going to get into your half-court offense. You're going to take up 28 of those seconds on the timer, take a good shot at the end, while Auburn is the exact opposite. Take the ball, run down as fast as you can. If you don't have a wide-open layup, kick it out for a three. If it doesn't go in, eh, who cares? You'll take another three in a minute. And against Kentucky in the Elite Eight, that first half, they were not good. No. They were not good at all. But I really like this Auburn-Virginia matchup, and it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Then you've got Texas Tech and Michigan State, who I think for both of them, were a little underappreciated this year. Oh, yeah. And I didn't have a lot of faith in this Texas Tech team to I go to go far. I didn't now, either. compared to everybody else in the Big 12, I thought they would last the longest. Oh, I did too. That's what I, I had. Because been. I didn't have any faith in K-State, didn't have any faith in KU. Iowa State, I thought maybe they could win a game or two, but they're so flaky that Texas Tech was the team out of the Big 12 that I thought would go the furthest. I didn't have a lot of faith in them this past weekend, but one thing that we have to point out, is how good of a coach Chris Beard is. He is. To take Texas Tech to the Final Four in three years, that is not easy. You know who couldn't take Texas Tech to the Final Four? Tubby Smith. Bobby Knight. Well, he was he was a he was a relic by then. But even him, who at that point was the second or maybe even first by some people, best coach of all time. Yeah. He couldn't get Texas Tech anywhere near that. And now you've got Chris Beard, who I think four years ago was a Division Two or Division Three head coach, yeah. and then as was at Arkansas Little Rock. Well, let me ask you this: Is Texas Tech going to be moving forward the gold standard now of Big Twelve basketball? Well, I think the gold standard is still the Kansas. team that's in Lawrence. Yeah, but when you compare what Texas Tech and what KU have done side by side these last two years. It's very, very similar. Yeah. They've both been to a Final Four. Right. They have about the same record, I think, in conference play. I think their record against each other is about even. That Texas Tech is moving toward that. And I believe that Chris Beard is just going to be offered the contract of a lifetime to stay in Lubbock. But the job think, that he's done has yeah, been unbelievable. How hard would it be to recruit to Lubbock? Lubbock's like out in the middle of, you know, it's like bug tussle. So let's let's do this, Steve. Let's name programs in the state of Texas that are more appealing than Texas Tech for basketball. Texas. Baylor. Want to throw Texas A&M in there? Houston. The Houston Cougars. How about SMU, who has been very good the yeah, last few years in a, major, in a major metropolis? Yeah. You could almost even throw in a school like North Texas, right out nah. there. Out, but I'm saying to relation to where they're at. They are right outside of Dallas. Yeah, It is hard to get Dallas kids to want to go all the way out into the desert. Am I saying North Texas is a better program? No, but they're closer to everything. Yeah, but they're also not in the Power Five conference like Texas. Texas Tech's got the Power Five going for them. Yeah, but you're still going out to Lubbock. Yeah. How about TCU? You're right outside of Dallas. Oh, you're yeah. in Fort Worth. There are so many players just in those six or seven schools that we just named. And Jamie Dixon's been a big-time coach for a long time. And they've struggled these last two years. They've had a lot of injuries, though. But 
to take Texas Tech, this lone renegade in West Texas out in the desert, and turn them into a basketball school. When's the last thing you heard about Texas Tech football? Patrick Maybe Ma- just Patrick, Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes? Is that about it? Yeah. Without him. Well, Cliff Kingsbury. Without Patrick Mahomes, nobody would even be talking about Texas Tech football recently. Yeah. And he hasn't played there for two years. Right. So what I'm saying here is this job that Chris Beard has done in Lubbock, Texas, is maybe about as impressive of a turnaround as we've seen. Because they were at this same spot last year. Yeah. They could have been in this same spot in what I guess would have been his second year. Chris Beard, he's the man right now. He's pretty good. And and it just shows you don't have to have a bunch of McDonald's All-Americans. you got to have good players. you got to have good players. but And historically, you have to have McDonald's All-Americans to win a national championship. But to be a good program, you don't have to. Yeah. I've, I've read you look that at, stat before, right, look at Steve? Auburn. Look at Auburn. I well, mean, you think any of those guys were McDonald's All-Americans or really five-star recruits? They've had some pretty big recruiting classes. And I want to talk about the one-and-dones here in a little bit too, Steve. But I think this Final Four, the other thing I like about it too that makes it so impressive to me is you get a representative from every conference. And they're all a little different where Virginia maybe wouldn't be – the focal team you would have thought come out of the ACC, Duke but they've been so good and so consistent well, and the last think, five just years. Just think what a what a uh, after what happened to them last year, right? You know, go, being the first number one to lose to a sixteen that says, and this uh, they have a guard named Guy, I believe it is Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy, he is the guy. I mean, he's he, legit. He is one tough dude. I mean, he made a lot of big plays. Then you get the SEC. And probably not the team you would expect You'd think in Auburn. You would think Kentucky. Right. Maybe you would even think Tennessee for this year. Yeah. But Auburn is extremely good. They are. They are extremely talented, and they fast. play a fun brand of that, basketball. That point guard, Harper, he is just he is so fast. The Big Ten, maybe you would have picked Michigan State. Yeah. But Michigan has been right there. Mm-hmm. Purdue has been very good this yeah. year. Michigan State, and then the Big 12. The team you always think it's going to be in the Final Four. Kansas. KU. It's not them. Yeah. It's Texas Tech. Does anybody think that it's not going to be Virginia and Michigan State in the final? I'm sure there are a lot of people that think that. I think a lot of people are going to think that. I think Texas Tech is better than Michigan State. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I like their style a little differently. Okay. I just like the toughness. Izzo's guys are just so tough. And at this time, it comes down to toughness. Steve, I want to take our first break. When we come back... Let's dive into one and duns, and in particular, this Duke team from 2019 and what we're going to remember about them and what we think can happen with these rules in college basketball. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, so you're enjoying the NCAA tournament, even though your your bracket has fallen apart. Well, the fir- I thought the first two rounds were as vanilla as there's ever been. 
Boy, the Sweet 16 picked it up in the Elite Eight, really. You know, I, I think it's going to make for a really good Final Four. Well, the team that really carried not only this NCAA tournament, but I thought really carried this 2018-2019 season was the Duke Blue Devils. Right. And part of that was having the number one player in the country, the top three players in the country all coming in in this freshman class, Zion Williamson, you throw in R.J. Barrett, you throw in Cam Reddish, and this was a Duke team that, oddly enough, was maybe better in, like, December mm -hmm. than they were here at the end of the year because they just couldn't find ways to win. They, well, they, they, they could find ways to win, but it was a struggle. They couldn't shoot at the end of the year. But, Steve, I wanted to transition this topic into what the next couple of months are going to be like for this college basketball scene leading up to the NBA draft. And that is the one and done, whether it is at the University of Kentucky this year, but probably more importantly, Duke. It's interesting that when we look back at the history of the one and done, ever since that phenomenon has come into college basketball, right after LeBron James, so it would have been 2004, 2005, where they required that you go to college for at least a year, creating the one and done rule where players that were good enough to go to the NBA and probably be lottery picks out of high school, go to Duke, go to KU, go to wherever for one year, and then make their way to the NBA. And so it changed the dynamic and the, and the background of college basketball for a while. But now we're at this point where teams like Duke, who initially were maybe pushing back against the Kentuckys of the world, they have joined. They've joined in. They've not only joined, they passed They've Kentucky. mastered it. Yeah, they've passed Kentucky. And we've seen a change in college basketball because of that. But now, as this continues to happen, and I think as we get closer and closer to the elimination of the one-and-done rule, how do you think this will affect programs like Duke, programs like Kentucky? Do you think anything will change? Oh, or I do you think they'll just be able to convince the Zion Williamsons to come to college for a year? No, I think, I think, it, I think it's a huge change. And I think this year's NBA draft, was it next month or it's in May? I can't. This will be the last draft of one and dones. You really think it's going to change I, that fast? I really do. I think it's going to change. I think once this draft's over, you're going to see a big movement. It's going to change after this year. They're going to let players come right out of high school. And I think they should because, you know, I'm a big guy on education. And I think it makes a mockery of the educational system. Can you – do you think Zion Williamson's gone to class since his first semester, once he got his first semester grades? I would like to think maybe he has, he's but my, I don't know. I would say he's probably, there's a lot of days. Do gets, I think he will attend another class at Duke after today? No. Probably no. not. I don't think he will. Cam Reddish won't. Um, Barrett won't. And Ty I'm not trying to dog on these guys, but no. why would you? Why? Yeah, why exactly. Would you? There's no reason to. So it just makes, what it will do though, it will bring even more parity to college basketball because the superstars will just go. I'm saying there'll be 25, 25 high school kids. The best 20 or 25 will go. And and I think especially early on, yeah. there'll be more that go. Yeah, I, I think so too. And then when they see that they turn into G League lifers, you know, but remember, you can make what, $75,000 in the G League? If not more. Well, that's not a bad living. I'd take 75000 I mean, I got to work 10 years to make 75000 So <laughs> Yeah, Steve makes $3 an hour. I make $3 an hour or $3.02 an hour. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, um, 
I just think, I think the one and done's insulting. I, I really do. It's insulting our intelligence and everybody sees through it. So just let them go. I mean, high school baseball, you know, guys are drafted out of high school for baseball. Now the NFL is different because the NFL is all It about, is really hard to be 18 years it's old. It's hard to be 18 and be physically mature enough to play with a bunch of men. So you can just, the NFL is just a whole different breed of cat. But baseball, I mean, I was watching the highlights yesterday. There was a reliever for somebody. I can't remember who it was. He was born, the first player in born in 2000 playing Ooh. in Major League Baseball. So 19-year-old reliever. But you can play. I mean, look how good Mike Trout was at 21. Right. And, you know, he was in the minors two years. He was in the, you know, he was in the show. So I think the one and done will be eliminated. I think you'll 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 see and and you know teams will be drafting on potential. I mean, let's face it, that's what the draft is right now anyway. It's about potential. They just start a year early. Do you think if the draft was last year, do you think Zion Williamson he wouldn't have been the number one pick? I think he'd been the number one pick last year. He might have been. Oh, there's no question. who was the number one pick? I don't remember. But two years ago, it was Markel Fultz. You can't tell me. You'd rather have 18-year-old Zion Williamson instead of Markel Fultz, who, where's he at now, Orlando? Don't, don't even know. Yeah, he's, he's gone. Yeah, he's he and his psychiatrist are spending a lot of time together, I think. The other thing that I will like about this, if this rule does happen and they eliminate the one and done and players can leave right out of high school, is that... It will open up the door for the way I think the college system should be. Right. And that should be that if you elect to go to college, then you are an amateur. And that means that, yeah, you can get some stipends and some other work that way and and be able to bring in a little bit of money, but that you are not being paid to play. Now, the people that might say, well, they're getting paid anyway, whatever. Mm -hmm. They're getting all these endorsements, whatever. It might still be happening. But on the, on the root of it, there won't be as many people talking about, why are we not paying them? Because I think this gives the players the option, and they say, so you want to go make money? Okay, then. Go make money. If well, you go to college, think, don't complain about and it. And I think it takes away some of the seedy underbelly of college basketball. For now, those top people. Yeah, yeah, for those top guys. Like, of course, Silvio DeSosa was a <laughs> fringe player, and allegedly he got or he didn't get, but his guardian got paid. But, you know, as far as the big-time players, this takes all the guesswork of how much money Zion probably got paid to go to Duke. The other thing, Steve, that I wanted to transition into here is that it's amazing to me how the one-and-dones have never really had NCAA tournament success. Now, the two teams that we can point to that did have a decent amount of one-and-done players and did win a national championship – 2012 Kentucky. And then Duke in And then Duke 15. in 2015. But they still had some older guys on that team. Yeah. And on the Kentucky team, it was a lot more young guys. Yeah, it was, wasn't it the Harrisons and, and No, no, no. That's 2015. That was the undefeated okay. Kentucky team. Okay. It had the Harrisons that were sophomores. You had Willie Colley Stein that what was about a junior. Anthony Davis? What year was that? That was 2012. Okay. And they had more of the one and done style of player on that team. Yeah. But really for only two teams to have that type of one-and-done success, it's telling about college basketball. And when you look at these four teams that made it this year, none of them are one-and-done teams. And I don't know if any of them have a player that is going to be a one-and-done, or at least a high-level lottery type of pick. Right. And that's what is still so funny about college basketball is that you can take Zion, 
R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, the top three prospects in the country, and they match up against Michigan State, who when you look at them on paper, they are much inferior looking mm-hmm. athletes, and the more experienced team yeah. finds a way to win. Can you can you think Zion, New York Knicks? You know that's a that is a team that has been so Phoenix bad, Suns. so bad for so long. Well, you know the NBA is just praying that Zion will end up because the NBA needs the Knicks to be good. They need the Lakers to be good. They need those, you know, the old guard, the Bulls. Well, I don't know about the Bulls, but but Lakers and Celtics and Knicks need to be good. Yeah. They really do. For the NBA to really thrive. I'm with you, Steve. I think that this movement is going to happen here pretty soon. Now, I've heard some people say that if they do away with the one and done, then that would mean it will, it still won't take place for a couple of years. I've read somewhere that even if they decided today and said, okay, for now on, you can leave out of high school, that I think the rules... And remember, this is an NBA rule. This is not the NCAA. Right. And and how many bad decisions... There's going to be a lot of a lot of guys whose family said, go get that money, take care of our family, and they are going to just fall on their face. I hate to see it. It's going to happen, though. It'll happen a lot early, I yeah. think. Yeah, and then... And then I think when they see what, you know, they fall on their face. See the way it plays out. And then a lot of guys will go at least one year. Right. That's what I think will happen. All right, Steve, let's take one more break and wrap up the show. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, have you enjoyed your April Fool's Day so far? Well, every day is an April Fool's Day for me because people say I'm a fool. Because you are the April Fool. Yeah, so 30 days. It's your day. It's my day, yeah. Steve, do you know what this is the anniversary of for me? I have no idea. Seven years ago today, my good friend Bobby Petrino former coach of the Arkansas Razorback football team. Is that when he rode team. his motorcycle? He got a little motorcycle wreck yeah. on April Fool's Day. Nobody believed it. Yeah. And then... He showed up and his face was all bandaged up. He had the neck brace on. Oh, yeah. John L. Smith rolls in. Ugh. What a bad time for Arkansas. It's still a bad, never, bad time in my life. Never recovered, have No. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. But this is my every year reminder about the worst April Fool's Day of all time. Steve, busy week this week. We will be on the air on Tuesday and on Thursday. Bullpup baseball for both of those days. On Tuesday, we'll be up in Salina as McPherson will take on Salina Central and Topeka West. And then on Thursday, they'll be at home to take on Bueller. So a lot of baseball coming up on the air this week. Right. And uh, Bullpup baseball team already off to a 1-3 and start. But they played uh, a couple close games against Winfield. I think both of them were three-run games. Played really well against Great Bend. The only game they really... Haven't been very competitive was a Junction City game. Busy week. Busy, busy, busy week. Oh, yeah. Steve, for the people that say, oh, I can't listen all the time. Oh, I can't keep up with everything. There's just so much going on. 
Will you tell them where to go? MidKansasOnline.com. I want to shout out to Mark Becker, lives in Arizona, sent me an email and said, I don't know what I'd do without my MidKansasOnline.com. I don't know what you would do either, Steve. Well, I'd be retired. You'd be the April Fool, I, <laughs> just I walking up and down Kansas Avenue. Talking to myself, probably. I think that sounds about right. Yep. Tomorrow on the show, we'll preview bullpup baseball. We'll talk about anything else that comes up. Royals with a good opening weekend. Yeah. Might dive into that. They don't play here tonight. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Salem, Jim Joyner, thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.